0: It is an essential of the happy life that a man would have almost no mail and never dread the postman's knock. In those blessed days, I received and answered only two letters a week, one from my father, which was a matter of duty, and one from Arthur, which was the highlight of the week. For we poured out to each other on paper all the delight that was intoxicating us both. This is Pints for Jack, season seven, episode one. Welcome to Season 7. Dear Pints for Jack listeners, Thank you for downloading this episode of Pints for Jack, the podcast where we discuss the work of C.S. Lewis. This season we're reading some of Lewis's letters which have been brought together in several different collections. We will be reading his correspondence with Mary Willis Shelburne, found in Letters to an American Lady, as well as his Letters to Children and his exchange of Latin letters with St. Giovanni Calabria. Our opening quotation comes from Surprised by Joy, where Lewis describes an ideal world. In this utopia, the postman would deliver next to no mail. Many are surprised to learn that such a prolific letter writer could find mail sometimes so delightful, but more often, incredibly burdensome. We hope you enjoy today's episode, where we're going to have a bit of a catch-up, and then talk about the coming season and Lewis the letter writer. Lots of love, Andrew, David, and Matt. (laughs) <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome. How are you both doing?
1: I love. Did you catch that? That was written in the form of a letter. Mm. That's great. Um, next time you can sign it "a hundred thousand blessings," which is how Lewis would often uh, sign off his letters, and I've adopted that as well. I'm doing well. It's a day off, and I'm right in front of a big trip on Monday, and so I'm getting good things done.
0: Wonderful.
2: How about you, Matt? This is our first recording in a while. How, mm-hmm. how how are we both so casual? Each of you guys have <laughs> like this is we've just been in between seasons. This is recording number 1. I feel like it should be just one big grand, hey guys. I feel like we kind of took that thunder away because we recorded a common room a couple of days ago, so it feels like we just recorded, but I mean this is the beginning of a whole new journey, guys, and if you think about it, every previous journey, there's like different lessons that Lewis teaches us. And so I particularly am doing very well. I'm here in Washington, D.C., visiting The Girlfriend, oh. which made me completely forget the, the morning recording.
0: Well, this is it. <laughs> this was it. I was going to wait for you to finish and say, well, I did have all of that upbeat energy this morning <laughs> when Andrew and I were waiting for you to turn <laughs> up. I get to text guys at
2: like 9.15. I see from uh, David, Matt, where are you at? And I just felt so bad. I'm in DC visiting the girlfriend. And we just, before work, it's been fun because I have a, a rental car. We grab breakfast and then I drive her to her work and I just completely forgot. Like there's nothing. There was, I literally looked at a text and I, was, I just put a hand on my face. I'm like, oh man, good job, Matt. Um, <laughs> but they were gracious enough. So we are now recording
0: five hours later. And the advantage is that we can now have alcohol. <laughs> so why don't, why don't we share what we're now drinking? <laughs> Well, sadly, because I'm on vacation,
2: I'm still with water. But I guess since I was the one that screwed up earlier, I should not have the delight that you guys get to for you had to self-sacrifice a new time for me.
0: Yeah, if I had my way, you'd be on bread and water for the next three days.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I recently performed my first wedding and the lovely couple who met at my morning prayer sessions at Oxbridge last summer, and I did their wedding in Seattle a couple of weekends ago, uh, went out and got me a lovely bottle of...
2: Oh,
1: Sherry Oak Cask, McAllen 12. And so, oh. <laughs> can you smell it, Matt? Oh, I can. <laughs> and then when I was at Camp Allen, a dear friend uh, brought me a bottle of Lagavulin 16.
2: Oh, my goodness. You've got like so, the best non PD and the best PD. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> so here, listen to this.
2: Oh, Ooh, deeper sounding. So, yes.
1: So I'm going to look up the McAllen 12 while David tells us what he's drinking, and then I'll decide which one, or
0: maybe we should put it to a vote. (laughs) Well, I'm drinking uh, something that I had last season, Left Hand Brewing's Milk Stout, Mm -hmm. which is rather delicious, with a La Croix chaser. Because here on the podcast, (laughs) we say La Croix because we're posh like that, not La Croix. (laughs) Yeah. Well and Matt
1: is not drinking. What will you be drinking later? Will there is there anything in your future this evening, Matt?
2: Yeah, going to uh another gala tonight. And so okay. I will another. be having cocktail. Yes, I had one on Wednesday too, which was really lovely.
0: <laughs> this is Matt's life. Traveling the world and going to galas.
2: <laughs> I literally show up and they're like, oh, you're at the best table. And I'm like, that's the girlfriend, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I literally joked to them. I'm like, I'm a peasant. I would not have an invite. <laughs> that's great.
1: Well, you know, I, uh, uh, I haven't seen this Macallan before, and I don't even see it listed in my book. So I think that in honor of Matt's and my first meeting and Matt not being able to drink, I shall, uh, you know, kind of make the, um, make the great sacrifice and drink uh, McAllen 18 on behalf of Matt.
2: That sounds so good. I'm actually, you know what? Anytime someone does McAllen 18.
1: Wait, I thought you got 12. Or 12, I'm sorry. McAllen 12. Yeah.
2: For a second when you were saying 18, I'm like, you know what? I can't get mad at that. That's just beautiful.
0: Well, the best part, Matt, is that you get to do the toast that we're going to drink to. Mm. Switching it up this season, we've made Andrew work hard enough.
2: Mark Hofer, we raise a glass to you as we begin this season in this journey, and we would pray as you join us along this journey and dive into the letters of Lewis, that the words of the pages jump off and penetrate your heart and your mind and renew your spirit for the Lord. Cheers. 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 I feel so left out
1: right now. Oh, that's very nice. Very soft on the mouth, too.
0: Well, we spoke about this a little bit on our recent Common Room episode, but for those who haven't watched it yet, uh, what have you guys been up to since we finished season six? What did you do on the holes?
2: <laughs> I'm reading some really great books. I read Almost Finished, Fulfillment of All Desire, He Leadeth Me. I'm going through Be Healed that I have now just about finished uh, by Dr. Bob Shoots. Yeah, I guess I mentioned it in the Common Room, but I have started dating someone over the summertime, and it is Ooh. she's the most wonderful human in the world, and I'm still not entirely sure why she... Perhaps the third
1: most wonderful human <laughs> in the world. Um, we'll fight you on that, and she can prove herself.
2: I thought you met for a second, um, like your mother and your grandmother. <laughs> it took me a second to realize where you were getting at. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, he means myself and Andrew. <laughs>
2: yeah, I guess that's the uh, that is the big update, and so that's why I'm in DC, which I ho- might be recording a lot from DC oh, as we're doing distance. Good. I guess that's the reason. Okay.
1: Well, I've been busy, busy, busy with loads of travel: um, uh, Seattle and Chicago, and uh, for the Wade Center and uh, Holland, Michigan, and Grand Rapids, where we met Matt in person. Um, off to uh, Romania on Monday for the CSOs conference there, um, and then while I'm in town, um, lots of clergy things. So I'm supplying at a few different churches, and Kristen and I are doing a three-part Narnia series in December for one church and a one-off Narnia thing for another church. And so it's been busy, busy with loads of good things.
0: And for myself, I've been also very busy. Uh, lots of technical things behind the scenes for the podcast. Planning Season 7 and organizing the C.S. Lewis Reading Day, which is shaping up rather nicely, for November 29th, which Mm. will be, when this is published, tomorrow. Mm. So I'd like to remind everyone, get your favorite C.S. Lewis quotations to post on social media. And if you go to pintsforjack.com and you search for the reading day, you'll find a page full of all the graphics that we've been sharing on Instagram for the past seven or so years. So if you want to post a pretty version of one of the quotations, there should be one there that you'll be able to use. Excellent. And happy birthday to Jack in advance. (laughs) And apparently Madeline Lengel.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I've recently learned that. Yeah. But yeah, nope. So uh, that's pretty much kept me busy, as well as two small children. The toddler uh, is uh, is also getting potty trained, so that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> You're a brave man if you walk around barefoot. That's all I'll say. <laughs> oh, oh, oh wow. <laughs> well, uh, can we talk our listeners through the structure of the coming season? Uh, we sure. did it in the retrospective at the end of last season, but it's been a while, and there's been a, a little bit of an evolution. Um, so I'll, I'll begin by saying that it has changed a little bit, um, but it does begin the same. So we have today's episode, which is really just a, hi, we're back sort of episode, um, and have a bit of a catch up. And then tomorrow we've got the CS Lewis reading day, uh, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a live stream as well. Plenty of books to give away. Please sign up for them if you want any of them. And what are we then going to be doing, Matt?
2: Well, December, we are going to be discussing and going through Letters to an American Lady.
0: Have you read it yet?
2: Nope. <laughs> I didn't think so. Okay. Actually, the time of this has been released, when they're listening to this, the answer will be yes. Has to
1: be. <laughs> We're barely out of October, Matt. Oh, David, what are you thinking? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm expecting you to get do, a text Matt. message the morning of asking exactly how far we're reading on the first first episode, so he knows when to stop. How far what are we, we need reading? to do, David,
1: <laughs> is just send to um send to Mary Margaret um a copy of the book, saying we certainly value your at your your help um, with keeping our boy our boy straight.
0: Uh, I like that idea. I like that idea yeah. a lot. Okay. All right. I'm on it.
1: <laughs> Good. Well, after that, uh, we'll go to Letters to an American Lady. In the new year, we're going to take a little break from letters and devote January to a series of After Hours episode. I can't wait to bring Diana Glyer back on the, on the show uh, with the Major and the Missionary. Uh, I'll be talking to Jakob Weinstein about Joy Davidman and Smoke on the Mountain. Uh, can't wait to, uh, to hear our, our visit with Ellen Snyder um, and Bruce Johnson and a number of others. And so uh, we've got, as always, some, some of the best Lewis, uh, Lewis folks in the field, and I'm looking forward to having some of those on. Mm.
0: I'm also going to be interviewing Angelina Stanford from the Literary Life podcast, which is one of my favorites. And she's going to be telling us a little bit about Northrop Fry.
1: Yeah.
0: And then in February, we're going to return to discussing Lewis's epistles. By discussing letters to children and his Latin letters, which is his correspondence to Saint Giovanni Calabria.
2: Now, mm. oh, what are you showing us right now? Letters to children. Ah, and listeners, we never got our show and tell in the beginning. So Andrew thought mid show and tell. <laughs> I've showed you two really good hundred
1: dollar bottles of scotch. What else do you want? <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like first editions of all of those, I'm happy to bring. That's them what out. I'm here
2: for, Andrew. Yeah, and then we're going to be doing Jack's bookshelf again, back by popular demand. Based on Mm -hmm. our feedback survey, this was probably the most highly rated slash requested part of last season, the most constructive Mm -hmm. part that people got really excited about. And so, yeah, we're going to be bringing back Plato, Augustine, I'm not sure if bringing back is the right word, um, (laughs) Both both Boethius, Julian of Norwich, Edmund Spencer, Charles Williams, so many great people. If you can't tell, this is my first time recording in months because I'm already stumbling over my words. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: I will point out that in the episode of Julian of Norwich, we will be spending some time talking about the correct pronunciation. <laughs> <It was> funny. <laughs> I, actually, I actually mentioned to Andrew uh, on our earlier call that you weren't at- attending uh, <laughs> that uh, I just listened to yet another audio book about Lewis and the person reading the book, Mispronounced Maudlin and Julian of Norwich.
1: Oh no no, no 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 no
0: no, no. We, we need to fix yeah. the world, guys, we need to fix the world. well
1: and and part of our comments came um, because David pronounced the holidays the holes, and I had always thought of them in my head as the halls because we say holiday, but in the Brits say more like holiday. Um, and so you know there's Correctly. that that phrase in um, <laughs> what happened to you during the halls? says Jill to, to Eustace. And I'd always been mispronouncing it in, in, in my mind. So I'm glad David came along.
0: <laughs> it's not really a mispronunciation. The, the pronunciation will, will vary a little bit across England. I would have allowed yeah. it. <laughs> but anyway, after Jack's Bookshelf, we will be having our long-delayed McDonald's month, where we'll be looking at the life and work of George McDonald, including The Golden Key, whose audiobook is available to all of our patron supporters at any level.
1: Ah, wonderful. Wonderful. And then we'll end up with one of our favorites with Narnia Month, and we'll discover the last book in the series with my wife, uh, Lazo the Greater, Uh, uh, Dr. Kristen Ditchfield-Lazo will come on, and we'll interview a few scholars, and then we'll have our season
2: finale. Mm -hmm. And then the best part – well, I probably shouldn't say that. Season seven is going to be great, but we return for Paralandra. (laughs) I'm excited to get back to that because I really did enjoy Out of Silent Planet. (laughs)
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about Lewis's letters. Um, Matt, let's begin with you. What's been your experience of Lewis's letters prior to this coming season? Have you read any of them?
2: Mm, Let's dive into all of the intellectual rigor that I dove into these letters. (laughs) Well, Letters to American Lady just has this poignant punch to the wisdom that he provides her. Uh, they get into some debates about politics and uh, no taxation without representation, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, calling me out, David. Oh, that would have been a better one, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I have read, I shouldn't admit this because David gave it to me as a gift. I've read half of the Latin letters. <laughs> I, I, knew, it. I knew it. I knew it. I asked
0: you about it before. He said, oh no, I've read it. I thought uh, he's read lying. <laughs>
2: read half of it. I have not read the other
0: ones. Okie doke. Well, let's do the contrast before we go to the golden mean.
1: Andrew,
0: (laughs) which of of Lewis's letters have you read?
1: Uh, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think I've read all of them. I think I have made my way through all of the three volumes of collected letters, and before that, uh, the several different editions of letters. Um, David, when we chatted about that this morning, listeners, David uh, called me out on that, and I may have missed a few. um, But... I almost never pick up a letter and read it and it doesn't sound familiar. And of course, um, there's a great paper back in 1994, um, by Walter Hooper. Um, and so I've been reading them for 30 years easily. I may have read them all. Letters to children is a favorite. My wife quotes it all the time. Um, I even did a paper, uh, called C.S. Lewis, the likely Latinist. And I did a deep dive into Lewis's Latin prose comp in the, in the, um, in the letters to St. Giovanni. And so um, that was, uh, his Latin is very good. And one of the things that I noticed and um, it really, really loved about Latin letters is that when Lewis is writing to a clergy person, Sister Penelope, St. Saint G- Saint Giovanni, he will often be more frank and open with his emotions. Uh, than he is in any of the other other letters and so when we get to latin letters we'll touch on some of that so it's it's always a delight um i describe it as when you grab a collection of lewis's letters and open them anywhere i find that time just kind of tempest fugit right time just flies (laughs) away and, and an hour later, I'll just still be reading because they're so compelling. And it's one of those, Lewis talks about, one of these browsy kinds of books that you don't necessarily need to read start to finish. So, um, and of course, the letters give us great chronology, and that's helped us a lot, helped me a lot in my own scholarship. So what about you, David?
0: I have read most of the collections, I would say. The, so the smaller collections, so Letters to an American Lady, Latin Letters, Letters to Children. um the Walter Hooper collection, um, but I haven't gone through the massive three volumes, maybe in my retirement.
1: <laughs> well, and oftentimes when people ask me what my favorite C.S. Lewis book is, the obvious answer uh, aside, um, a lot of times I'll say Collected Letters, Volume 3, mm. um, because that's when he meets Joy Davidman. That's when he goes to, to Cambridge. It's when he's writing um, writing uh, Narnia, and so those are those are some of my favorites.
0: But you have a particular history with Letters to an American Lady, don't you?
1: You know I do, and thank you for uh, for remembering. Um, letters to an American Lady was my first adult C.S. Lewis book. I had read Narnia as a kid as an unbeliever. I read Narnia again as a teenager, and you know was was thrilled to discover the spiritual analogies that were there. Um, and continued to reread Narnia from time to time, but at a, at a period that I've mentioned, I've spoken about here before, so no need to belabor, but uh, during a crisis of faith, um, Phil Keggy lent me a copy of Letters to an American Lady, and it was that lithe, quick, thoughtful mind that really captivated me, and that was my first uh, adult C.S. Lewis. And I think I, I turned to surprised by joy after that, but it was, it was letters to an American lady that really absolutely set the hook in my mouth. And that's when the hunger for Lewis began and it's never stopped.
0: Hmm. I think I first read it in my first year of marriage and it's rather cute because we had our family pictures taken for Christmas. Those of you who are married know that this happens whether you want to or not, <laughs> um, but uh, it means that I did have, get to have a picture with my daughter, Lucy, and mm-hmm. I'm reading her Letters to an American Lady.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Too adorable. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but I thought we should probably spend uh, some time this episode talking a little bit about these different collections, which we're going to be reading this season. So what can we say about them? So we're going to, to rely on Andrew's ad hoc knowledge. Uh, let's, let's, let's see how good he is. So, Andrew, what can you actually tell us about Letters to an American Lady?
1: Letters to an American Lady, a series, a long series of letters from Lewis to an American correspondent from Washington D.C., a Catholic woman named Mary Willis Shelburne, um in the it, originally the the name was blanked out. In fact, in the the first edition and the paperback of the first edition, it was Mrs. Blank. And then as Lewis was was wont to do with longtime correspondence, at some point he and she decided to be on a first name basis. So he began addressing her as Mary. Um, Peeking in my book, I know that's cheating. Uh, the <laughs> letters start in uh, 1950, and they go all the way uh, through to um, actually just a month or a couple of months before he dies, until August 30th of 1963. It's a testament to Lewis's discipleship, to Lewis's humility, and to frankly his great love um, for people, his willingness to be interrupted, and so they exchange letters rather frequently. And she's often complaining and um, talking about her money troubles and her health issues, and Lewis is often kind of, um, kind of chuffing her up, bucking her up, and helping her to see uh, the, the 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 right side of things. Uh, uh, an optimistic and faithful side of things. Um, and there's loads of, I think, really good humor and uh, and good advice in those letters. And that's part of why uh, their charm endures to this day.
0: Mm, absolutely. And the next one we've got is Letters to Children. And I think I mentioned this on the live stream. I read this book on a journey back from Los Angeles to San Diego. I had been yeah. in LA giving a talk pretty short on Lewis Um, actually, I think it was the same talk I gave this morning. Uh, I was (laughs) at the local seminary giving them uh, an introduction to the screw tape letters, but I was in LA for, actually it was for Lent. Yes. It was that talk. It was, it was a parish that used to bring me up there to uh, do their Lenten series. And I just given a talk on screw tape and I was, I was feeling intellectually peckish and I stopped off at a bookstore and (laughs) this was the lowest book they had, which I had never read. And so I journeyed from LA back to San Diego, stopping four or five times to you know get a drink or a meal. It literally took me the entire day, and not just mm-hmm. because LA traffic is awful. Mm. I took the pretty route and stopped off at, um, at pretty uh, lookout points and read this book on on the way back. And it's it's what it says on the tin. It's C.S. Lewis's Letters to Children. So you had all of these children writing to him, very often enthusing about Narnia and having questions about Narnia. And mm-hmm. you also have the occasional parent writing to him. Mm-hmm. And these are Lewis's responses. And I would say this is where you really see his versatility as a writer. As our friend Dr Stephen Beebe would say that he's audience centered, that he yes. he pitches his letters perfectly mm-hmm. uh when he's writing to children. He he knows who he's talking to, but at the same time he doesn't talk down to them. It's 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 quite a, a curious ability. And uh the other thing that's lovely about this book is it's got um, an introduction by Marjorie Lamp Mead uh, from, mm-hmm. from the Wade Center. And it, it does yes. just give a wonderful introduction to uh, Lewis's own childhood and also just mm-hmm. his attitude towards children. Mm-hmm. And so, Matt, since you've read half of it, what would you like to tell us about the Latin letters of C.S. Lewis?
2: <laughs> you know, the only thing I remember was, this was back in 2017, guys. So It was a while ago. <laughs> I remember, didn't wasn't the uh, the saint pretty aggressive with trying to convert Lewis to Catholicism? I remember reading the language and being like, "Wow, he's pretty direct. Aggressive might not be the right word, but direct at first. Just mm-hmm. like why X Y Z, and yeah. wasn't really shying away from it. And then I think didn't it settle into a little bit less of that after Lewis pushed back. I think that you also see Lewis push back. Pretty mm-hmm. directly. Um, that's about all I remember. That was during a season when I'd just I'd come back to Catholicism maybe 18 months before that, maybe 24, but was still really early on and a lot of early church father reading and stuff. So that's probably why that's the part that stuck out to me, because that also was that season of my life. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. St. Calabria, he he had a real passion for Christian unity. And I get the impression that he and I would have got along very nicely. <laughs> because he cared he cared about these issues very much, but at the same time he was also very ecumenical. Because he recognized who Lewis was and his ability to communicate the Christian faith and and their their camaraderie in that while at the same time having very direct, honest and frank discussions and I would say unusually frank discussions for Lewis on this particular subject mm-hmm. because he seems to have been generally very hard to draw into conversation on these sorts of topics, even in private correspondence. But St. Calabria managed to achieve it. Mm. And it pro- it's probably worth saying from the title, The Latin Letters, these were written in Latin because St. Calabria wanted to write Lewis and he didn't know if Lewis knew Italian. And he knew enough medieval Italian to read Dante, of course, as you do. Um, yeah. but he knew that his Latin would be good enough than to be able to converse. And so that's that's what you read. And uh, so if you buy the book on one side of the page, you have the Latin yeah. on the other, you have the English.
1: Uh, to me, that's one of the great charms of the Latin letters is that um that Don Giovanni, um, as he was, he's been, since become a saint in recent years. Don Giovanni knew that as a humane man, Lewis would have Latin and be able to write in Latin. And I think that Lewis actually did have enough modern Italian that he could probably have pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, having having got a first class degree in in Latin prose comp and all the rest, I think that it was uh, it was fabulous. And just for any student of Latin, that's also a really fun uh, a really fun way to go. If you've had any Latin, it's a, it's it's delightful to read them on the facing page translation.
0: Yeah the school that my son is going to go to most likely, they they do Latin and I've already promised my wife that uh, prior to him going there, I'm going to make an effort to bring my Latin back up to, back up to scratch because I also did it in school. Hated every second of it, but uh, <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited the fact that I'll actually now have a textbook, so to speak, that I'm actually rather keen to be able to read.
1: Ah, oh, that's great.
0: And actually when, Andrew, when you and I were at the Wade Center recently, yes. Hi, I did some research on. <laughs> by Latin the way, let letters. me pause at that.
1: That uh, <laughs> that phrase is almost as delightful to me as me uh, talking about McAllen is to Matt.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so when we were at the Wade Center, I yes. I'd I looked up what materials they had related to the Latin letters, mm-hmm. and um, I found the essays by Father Coneo uh, from yes. San Diego. He's an Orthodox priest, and he's, he's written about the Latin letters. And it was funny, as I was sitting in the reading room of the Wade Center, I would, I would go over occasionally to Andrew and uh, share a line or two, because there were some, there were some <laughs> lovely sections of it. He, he says, Lewis is English in diction, Christian in content, but Roman in his ability to create a good adage. <laughs> and, and needless to say, Andrew would then come back over and want to talk to me about till we have faces.
1: Joy Davidman. I was working on Joy Davidman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it felt like you were talking about Till We Have Faces, though, all the time.
1: <laughs> well, yes, as well it should. Uh, yeah, so it's I, I love the Latin letters um, uh, and love. There's a kind of courtesy, and I do want to push back. I don't know if there's so much of a push from Don Giovanni to for Lewis to convert, but one of the things that occupies much of their times is, much much of their time and actually much of their prayers that they encourage one another to um, is um, a prayer for the reunification um, for unity between our churches um, and that was a fond thought for both of them and uh, they seemed to um, they seemed to you know really really think and, and talk a lot about that I uh, I also love the way that Lewis addresses him delictissime. Pater and Delectissime uh, in Christo, my most delighted, my most beloved in
2: Christ. That is a good comment, Andrew. Of how direct isn't. You're exactly right. It's not always uh, with an ulterior motive. I have to convert this person. I mean, if you're right. two individuals that are incredibly intelligent and you desire reunification, honestly, you you would love to come across someone that you highly respect that holds a different view. And just like iron, sharpen iron, be direct, and try to come mm-hmm. to, to answers. Because sometimes it's hard to find someone on the other side that you just have a deep respect for that you want to go back and forth.
1: Yes. Well, and Lewis uh, Lewis says, in such matters, to find an enemy is almost to find a friend.
0: Mm, that's a good point. Well, we've managed to zip through all of my material very quickly. <laughs> we've got a little bit of time. So anything you guys want to chat about? These galas are keeping me up about three to four hours past my time. <laughs> People, please pray for Matt, the poor guy. He has to go to these black tie dinners all the time. How will he survive?
2: Uh, this, yes. one, this one's going to be a late one too. It's a long drive. Um,
0: Where my girlfriend will one? listen to this <clears throat>
2: because she, she listens to all the episodes I'm in, she said. She's already listened to probably 40 or 50 episodes. He's gone back and just been devouring them. <laughs> She, she told me earlier, because her sister's going to be there too, and her sister's partly putting it on. And she's like, "I might you can drive back separate, because I might just stay with her, because I want to make sure she gets home safe. And my brain first jumped to 1 a.m., 2 a.m., oh boy, of course I'm not going to leave her there. <laughs> this is going to be a late night, going to need some espresso. <laughs> yes. there go. Yeah, I was going
0: to say, for someone that's used to going to bed at 8 p.m., I mean, I know. good grief, this is... This is wild living you're engaging in. This is
2: this is, in fairness, closer to my wake up time than my bedtime. (laughs) I wake up at four thirty.
1: I want to read. uh, Let me just read one of the letters to children from May seventh, nineteen fifty four. Letter to Joan, a frequent correspondent, says, "Dear Joan, thanks for your letter or thanks for letter and pictures. I say you are lucky to have armor." I would have loved it when I was a boy, but it never came my way. The kind you have would be even better for Vikings, etc., than for Arthurian knights. As for doing more Narnian books than seven, isn't it better to stop when people are still asking for more than to go on till they are tired? Love from yours, C.S. Lewis. So... (laughs) Uh, just this really, uh, really delightful, delightful back and forth of the children. Um, and readers or listeners, um, the letter from um, the, the letter that that originally spoiled the, the, the Narnian Chronicle order is in the letters to children. And um, I don't know, David, maybe I can do a half pint with um, with Lawrence, uh, Lawrence Craig. We can
0: dox him. <laughs> People no, can harass him I think online. he's on our side now. Um,
1: I've, <laughs> I've had some correspondence with Lawrence. Greg, uh, the little boy who wrote to Lewis, suggesting that, that the books be in Narnia order, and uh, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll see if we can do a little half pint with him or something.
0: Yeah, hopefully in sackcloth and ashes, as appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, in that case, I think this is going to be a slightly shorter episode than normal, because right. I hear the call for final drinks. And so we'd like to thank our sound engineers, Taylor and Sarah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd also like to thank our new intern who is going to be coming online this season, saving me a bunch of work, which I'm very much looking forward to. Thanks to all of our listeners and patron supporters, particularly our top tier supporters. Alex, James, Matt, one and two, Erica, Joel, Amanda, Thomas, Bud, Shane, Kay, Paul, Gary, Stephen, Kelly, Chris, John, James, Kate, Peter, David, Angela, and Rowdy. Yes. And at the time this goes out, I will have just put something new in the mail for our patron supporters and I've Ooh. even got your Christmas presents ready <laughs> so look yes, forward to it. And, and a
1: quick shout out uh, in that list to Bud who just sent me a text this morning of him or yesterday of him with a with a first edition of Letters to an American Lady so he's ready for the episode as I hope the rest of you mm. are.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it and we pray for you all uh particularly on every Tuesday offering the prayers for our Slack channel as well. And if you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend and read along with us this season. And join us next time.
2: When we'll continue to go further up. And further in. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.